Good morning, everyone. Um, we're going to start uh, the session this morning with the, the archaic ancestral ritual <laughs> of um, renunciation of the electronic devices. Um, and so, um, uh, yeah, we can view this as a, as a mindfulness practice. It means something uh, is going to be happening, and we're uh, we're going to see um, uh, just how it uh, how it's alive in us. What's uh, the relationship that we have with this? So um, you know, for you, maybe you're sitting there and you're like, can't wait, you know, to let go of that thing. For that, no, why opinions? You know, maybe we're in the most epic part of the retreat for you right now, you know. And, um, you know, to hold this, um, yeah, in awareness, just be aware. So, it, it, uh, in mindfulness, there's no judgment. It's, oh, this is how it is. This, oh, I'm having a really strong reaction. Oh, no reaction at all. It's, it doesn't, oh, it's like this right now uh, for me around this. And uh, so maybe a little, um, there might be a little playfulness, humor about this all, or maybe tenderness around this, depending on the inner situation. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so let's let's do it. As you um, as you feel it, you can stand up and um, in a ritualistic and uh, also s- simple way <laughs> come and uh, and uh, and. Uh, uh, put down your device in the basket and I'll, I'll uh, ring the bell at every drop.
For those that will um, come later today to the front office, for those in cars, for those... Hidden under the bed. (laughs) Under the cushion. Thank you. At any time, if you need your um, device, you can uh, go to the front office and ask. They'll they'll, uh, give it uh, back to you. No question asked. So notice if you feel a difference or none, you know. I know for me it has an impact on my psyche somehow the way I perceive it, you know. It's a little bit more open, unknown. (laughs) Who am I without my device? Sometimes I'm not sure I exist or something like I go and I check, you know. (laughs) And here we go and check. Here, you know. So we, um, we have um, a few days to, um, what's the idea is to, uh, as I understand it, is to um, explore, discover, uncover um, our human nature um, in a particular way, in, uh, in real time, experience uh, life and uh, what it it is to be a human being in real time as it's happening so see if it um, if you recognize something in there i think for many of us we spend a lot of time thinking about life what it will be will it be like this what it was could have been who i could be should be um, and so in the practice here, we, um, um, we drop that, we, uh, we abandon that, and we start to value something else. Instead of valuing our ideas about life and how it should be, we start to value, at, as an experiment, in this kind of laboratory you could think of here, we're experiencing uh, the direct contact with life. So. Uh, not even um, you know the description of what's happening or the analysis of what's happening, but the direct contact with what's happening. It goes a lot through uh, the senses. And so, um, for example, right now, there are bodies sitting. It's extremely, uh, in a way, primary, very primary, very uh, sensory, sensor, sen- sense-based the way to say it. So there are bodies sitting here. Ah. And we notice that. We become aware of this. And um, often what we would do as human beings is we would become aware of this. Oh, there's a body here. And then check out, you know. Yeah, but later, the walking. I want to know about the walk, you know. Or the rest of the retreat. After the retreat. The new moi after the retreat. <laughs> and every time, every time these uh, kind of myths, or storytelling that can be very powerful and useful, uh, come here in this particular practice, uh, we're invited to uh, abandon this and notice what it's like to be here now. So there's a body sitting here and instead of uh, using this as a board to go out, you know, in the mind, we see if we can remain around here. And, uh, and see what's going to happen if we do stay here instead of depart in fascinations that we have in the mind, you know, themes, story told. What if we stay here? And then suddenly, oh, 
hearing birds, maybe. And then we could depart there too, you know, like, oh, birds, oh, where I live there's no birds, you know. <laughs> you know, but we uh, kind of train in a way ourselves to stay here, stay here. Just to notice what happens if I stay here. Suddenly, oh, air, cool. Ah, body breathing. And so we wake up, waking up, to what's happening here now, the life happening here now. And soon enough we might discover that uh, there's a being here and they're uncomfortable, or a little scared, or quite comfortable right now, or tender, or numb, or curious, or agitated, they have a lot to say, or not much. There's listening happening. So we just discover the state of the union, the state of the the state of the the state of things here in this being. And that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> um, in a way, we'll, uh, we'll learn, I think, to uh, befriend the present experience. And uh, what will be revealed also, I think, is all the conditionings that we have, you know. So I'll be sitting here, and then I'll have the impression that something else should be happening, something else. I should be doing something more efficient. Uh, maybe solve problem. Solve problem would be the thing to do now, you know. And uh, so this will be revealed, oh, can I just be here? And then, yeah, but who am I if I'm not, you know, thinking about me in the future or in the past, like I'm not sure I exist anymore. Can we stay here? Stay here. So learn to, uh, how to be in, in this case, this situation. Later it'll be another situation where we'll have the fullness of presence, or a little bit more full presence, under our habits of mind, under our ideas, what is actually happening? Something that stands out for me these days, when I just sit like this, is um, it goes through the senses and. Um, I mean, I, I'm saying this because I, I feel it even as I'm talking. Um, in my ideas, you know, there's a kind of duration. I'm there for many years and we're here and we're here for the few days and this, but when I become more sensitive to the immediate experience, somehow I become aware that there's life happening now and actually the rest I don't know. There's breathing happening now. I have no idea how this is going to last. Or there is hearing, this kind of sensitivity happening now. That's the only thing I know, that there is hearing now. The hearing for the next uh, few decades, I have no idea. So somehow, this immediate life, I kind of wake up to the preciousness of it. There's something happening here, some kind of intelligence, sensitivity. I'm alive. Huh? It's not the given that I will be later. And so I'm discovering this life happening now. So in the way there's no assumptions, you know, we tend to assume I'm here, I will always be here. So I don't know if that's your experience or not, but uh, I like that kind of sensitivity of uh, un yeah, being awake to the fact that something is happening here, there's life here now. And I can kind of gloss over with my ideas. Yeah, but I would like it to be a little bit warmer, you know, or, you know, uh, as soon as it's finished, you know, I don't know, I want to go check where I'll sit for lunch, you know. And so, but hey, honey pie, 
this life happening here now. I notice that for myself, I keep, um, I keep um, um, having lack of consideration for it, for for the life happening now. I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't interest me so much. The future life, the past life, that really interests me. Give me a half hour on the cushion, a chair. I'll plan it. I'll describe it. I'll, uh, you know, I'll even sitting here tell my friends back at home about the retreat. <laughs> I'm so not interested in life happening now that I'll make it a past as it's happening. <laughs> <coughs> kind of disregard, you know. And then I end up feeling disconnected, this, this, you know, like separated from life. And then I'm thinking, maybe I should go on a retreat. <laughs> you know, it, apparently it helps you feel connected with life. So I'll think about the retreat, I'll go on, where it'll help me feel connected <laughs> to reality. And so that's the kind of, this is the easy renunciation, you know. And here, kind of a renunciation we'll be practicing. But it's not abusing oneself, you know, like, let it go, didn't you hear what he said? You know, like... <laughs> It's not like this. What we call insight is that we notice how the mind is trained or fascinated by a story told about a certain self, you know, that will be there, will they be there? And then we come back to what's the actual experience here of being a human being right now? It might be a little uncomfortable because maybe we don't know so much how to, we know how to check in for a second and then depart, but stay, we are not too sure. And so that's what we came to explore here, partly. And I think that's the portal to the opening of the heart, you know, because then maybe the coolness, if it's coolness that is felt as pleasant on the skin, maybe that'll be the chance for joy to arise. Oh, the silence, if it's felt, as pleasant, oh, I'll be able to really feel and appreciate it. If it's hard to be this human being right now, then that's also the portal to care, compassion. Oh, not easy being Pascal right now. Oh, they're unsure or they're a little lost or confused or heavy or broken. Let me stay here, not try to fix so it feels otherwise, but stay, learn to be here with the discomfort in the body, in the heart, uh, uncomfortable. Freedom, the freedom the Buddha talks about, I think has something to do with the capacity to be with the uncertain, the unpleasant. There's many nuances to bring to everything I'm saying here, of course, I'm happy you're adding <laughs> the nuances. Uh, but anyway, something something around this. Can I add one more little thing here? So there's the actual kind of uh, technique that we'll be talking about, but uh, a lot is around kind of the view, the, f- the philosophy around it. That's a little bit what I'm talking about here, like the why we're doing this. Um, and we have many hours uh, to define this. And so another thing about the, the kind of view, the angle of, that we can take as we sit here to practice or walk later or eat or anything we'll be doing that might be useful, see if it, it's useful for you. As we sit here, we can uh, Take anything that is happening personal, you know, I'm agitated, I'm, com- I'm so quiet, I'm comfortable, totally valid. There's also maybe another angle possible. It's, uh, this is human nature. So it's an access that we have here to uh, all human beings. Uh, it's the universal universality of what's happening. So, agitation. 
was known 2,400 years ago. It existed in the universe, in beings. Confusion, clarity, ease, wanting to be somewhere else. Wanting to be here, but also somewhere else. Not wanting to be at all. All these movements uh, that we'll see in the mind and the heart and the body are uh, human nature. So I'm not trying to flat everything out, like say we're all equal here. We all know, you know, that human beings in their confusion, delusion, greed and hatred give value to some of us more than to others, depending on a lot of different things, you know, skin color being one of them, gender, oh, another one. But I think that still also we could say that the things that are going to be felt on the cushions here are part of nature, human nature. And so personally I like that angle. So I sit here and it, what's happening is not about Pascal, it's about what it is to be a human being. The different movements of dis-ease or discomfort or tenderness, friendliness, benevolence, when it's there, goodwill, ill-will. So if you want to, uh, if it talks to you, if it, you recognize something that could be useful, please, as you sit, view the experience, not as a description of what's happening for you, but also an amazing uh, uh, opportunity to discover human nature. <coughs> It'll become clear for us that it's not uh, easy being a human being. It's not easy. And in this way, I think, uh, it might be one of the ways that we'll uh, go beyond all the biases that we might have, judgments, preconceived ideas about others. It'll make us very tender. Oh, we're all in this together. Let's take care of each other. Anyway, a few ideas about this. Shall we try it a little bit? I mean, not that we're not attentive right now, you know, alive right now, but in another form. And later this uh, morning, during the morning, we'll find the time for those who are interested to talk more about the posture itself. Uh, but for now, maybe find the posture that could work for you. In the hall here, it's always uh, absolutely okay to, um, to stand up at any time. So And so if it becomes um, hard for you to be in your body sitting, feel free to stand up for a few minutes for the rest of the sitting. Or, and just maybe it will relieve some of the pain of sitting. Or if you feel like you're falling asleep, which would make, make total sense that you would, you know, doing nothing like this, no stimulation. It would make sense that the mind would understand, you know, oh yeah, I know that cue. It's the cue to fall asleep. And they're like, no, it's actually the cue to wake up in this situation here. <laughs> and so, as we practice, the eyes can be open or closed as you, uh, as you want. Please don't feel like you have to do uh, anything that you understood uh, perfectly. You don't. We don't have to do anything perfectly here. It's it's not that. Actually, I can almost promise that it's going to be messy, uneven, unstable. Practice is in a way extremely simple and immediate. We just notice 
what's there, what's alive. Don't even have to describe it, just maybe notice that there's a body sitting or standing. There's a being happening. Being is revealed through uh, the hearing of sounds. through tingling maybe in the arms or legs or feet or hands or nose. We don't have to produce anything or go and get anything. We just discover what's there that's covered by our thinking most of the time. There is sensitivity happening now in touch or in audition. In hearing. breathing. We might uh, even uh, discover, feel what it's like to be attentive are sensitive to ease or discomfort. It might be happening now for you. Sensitivity to discomfort or ease. might discover a mind that has a lot to say or not much.
We're not trying to fix anything or get anything. We're just discovering how it is. What's the weather system? What's the tone? What's the how it feels like to be here now? Human beings feel like this, sometimes exactly like this, in their body, or heart, or mind. Exactly like this. If you feel lost or that there's too much happening, you could, if you wanted to, uh, in a way, take refuge or anchor your attention in the breath, the breathing process, sensations of breathing, the body breathing or the belly rising and falling. Or you could take refuge in the symphony of sounds and silence. Just stay with uh, this dynamic world of uh, vibrations and silence.
There might be dullness or a lot of agitation in the body. The mind might get uh, seduced, caught easily in its habitual thinking or obsessive or compulsive thinking. And once in a while we wake up to the fact that we're this, we're here, sitting. This temperature in this room, body is breathing. We can reassure the mind, it's okay, it's okay my love to be here. It's okay. We'll take care of everything later. Just feel what it's like to be here, sitting here, or standing here. If it's possible to stay here a few seconds, and maybe there'll be another wave of uh, important thoughts, or seemingly important thoughts. So we have to give uh, ourselves the chance to arrive here. We, uh, you know, I don't know where each of us is coming from, but a lot of the time we've been uh, doing a lot, and it's it's a pretty different way to live for many of us when we come here. And so uh, it, it takes a, you know, time to uh, adapt and discover what it is to be here. When, what's that? experience with and um, yeah so one aspect of uh, mindfulness that is uh, really uh, important we'll discover it from the inside is uh, it's non-judgmental so it's oh this is how it is really agitated in here oh my god it's falling asleep in here oh it's really dull 
So there's no judgment, it's just factual. This is how it is right now, here, you know. So this practice, this kind of attention is uh, non-violent in the way that it's not judgmental. So it doesn't hate what is there, it's interested by what's there. And uh, it's also non-violent in the sense that it's non-acquiring. Uh, it's not looking to acquire. Give me this, I want that. I don't want this experience, I want that experience. You know? It's not like this, it's, uh, it's very humble. Oh, this is how it is right now. It, uh, it's interested in reality, in what is actually happening. And so we have all these days to explore, explore that in many forms. And one of them, as you've seen on the schedule, is walking. What about walking? So walking meditation, <clears throat> I think for many years I saw it as, as it was tea time, actually, not necessarily walking meditation. Um, and I think I actually, I heard maybe Joseph or someone on Three Month Retreat give walking instruction in my mind, always translated them to, I would, do the walking meditation to get my tea and then do the walking meditation to my room to take a nap and then to come back for the sitting period. And that's what I did for quite a while, actually. Um, and then I discovered that walking meditation is, in fact, a, a, a meditation itself and that what we're actually doing is... Um, hmm not to arrive anywhere it's not a it's not a goal and it's just about um being able to know your experience know the body moving um and i'll show show you some we'll do some but it's um just to be aware and to know whatever is arising or whatever is happening as the body's moving in as easy and natural a way as possible so it's not necessary to walk really, really slowly, or it's not necessarily to, um, to walk really quickly. And, you know, typically you're walking maybe 10 paces, I think classically is what's, it's what's been taught. You know, I, my preference, I actually do a little bit longer, maybe, maybe 20 or so. Um, anything more than that, it probably looks more like a catwalk or, or a runway, and that's not really where we're going with it. Um, and too, you know your body, you actually know your body. So I have a, a, a pretty severe knee injury. So at times for me, actually walking slowly is incredibly difficult to do. So I actually walk at a little bit faster pace at times. And if the knee's feeling well, then sometimes I'll walk at a little sl slower pace. But it's good to try all of them to give yourself options um, to do. And it's one of those things, too, that um, maybe an entire walking period is actually too long or too much for your body. So you walk as you can, and then you have tea, or you have a seat, or you find a bench, or you sit somewhere. Um, I'm sure your mind will have lots to come up with to do, so that, that, that shouldn't, shouldn't be a, um, a problem. But I'll show you some. I think we have a... This, yeah. So there's a couple ways to, or there's more than a couple ways to look at it. But uh, typically, as I'm walking, I may be walking along at a normal pace for me. And what I'm doing is I'm noticing the movement of the body, the movement of the hips, movement of arms. Um, interesting. I'm typically now, because I'm noticing it now, what I've noticed is as I'm walking along, I'm holding on because I'm so used to, as a man, it's kind of, I'm walking and I'm talking to you like this and everything feels really good, but I can't hold it in too much longer. Um, so it's a constant letting go. It's like relaxation, letting go. And what I found is that I'm, what I'm actually letting go is I'm holding everything in here and it's connected to so much of what else is going on in my life. It's all sort of being held in and this feels so much better and then um, I'm knowing that that's happening, and then my mind goes to, but if I wore a black shirt, I'd be slimmer. 
I'd appear slimmer, right? Or if I wore stripes, it's, I'd appear larger. So the mind goes there, and then you come back to what's actually happening now, the body. Um, at the end of maybe 10 paces or so, or wh- whatever you de- decide to do, then typically I get to the end. It's a good place for standing meditation, just to actually feel the feet on the ground, or your, you know, your bare feet on the grass or the ground, or in your shoe or something, and just notice the sensations there, moisture, sweating, dryness, tingling. You're noticing and knowing the sensations that are happening there. And maybe the flowing energies that are happening in the hands, you're knowing those. Maybe the intention to move, or the intention to turn, or the intention to stop. So you're noticing there's enough things that are actually to get to know as you're doing it. And so you're just stopping and noticing. And maybe the, the birds come into, right, the hearing is there, so you notice that. And of course the mind's going to fly off in all sorts of other directions. And it's about, you know, coming back in as kind or, or gentle a way as possible. Um, so for me, again, it's um, sometimes I'm actually mentally noting uh, body moving or knowing movement or aware of movement. Um, it's noticing the hands. It actually doesn't matter where your hands are. Sometimes I walk and my hands are clasped behind me. And I used to do that because I think that's what you had to do. And it appeared to be, I was very much a good yogi with my hands behind me or would see the Zen people doing this. So, you know, people would walk by me and I would quickly do this and then I'd sort of go back to my normal thing. So either of those, it doesn't, there isn't any, there aren't any really hard and fast rules or laws with it. The only thing that's happening is asking you to actually check out your experience to see what is actually lawful. All the sensations and all those things that are happening, that's the law. So what all I'm talking about is I'm just pointing to things that you could possibly see or possibly find out for yourself. Um, And then many folks, classically, we've, we've been trained to, to note um, lifting, moving, placing, which you're more than welcome to do. I, that's mostly what I've done in the past, but now I just move to sort of a whole body experience. But you can do the sort of noting the lifting and the moving and the placing as you're going along. And with each of those, you're noting or noticing any sensations or feelings or things that are coming up for you. Does that make sense? Yeah? Questions, concerns, or comments about any of it? You want to know the selection of tea that's there just in case you don't want to do this? Anything? Okay. So the walking is, again, it's one. It took me quite a while to actually mm, do it consistently, and now it's probably, um, mm, it's about 50-50. So I do about half and half of, uh, of between walking and, and sitting practice. So it's one to it's one to enjoy, or not. So actually, um, maybe it would be a good time. So if. Uh, those of you who would be interested in hearing a few words about sitting uh, posture, uh, chair, bench, cushion, s- uh, sitting, I invite you to, um, to stay here. And those of you who want to go explore walking now, uh, maybe you could do that. And uh, so we'll wait a minute and those who are still here will say a few words about uh, sitting. Okay? Thank you. Enjoy the walk or not.
So maybe the first thing I'll say is that um, having a body is not um, is not an absolutely easy thing. Huh? Many of, know, of us know that uh, really well. Um, um, in uh, in we say, I think, in uh, Buddhist uh, thought that um, movement often hides the difficulty of the body. So you might notice that you know even if you're in a lazy boy or something, like in a very comfortable posture, at some point you'll have to switch, you know, stand up, go get water, (laughs) go pee, and the movement will be to alleviate some suffering, some difficulty of the body often. uh, You know, we feed ourselves, we turn in the night in the bed. uh, And so then we do this strange thing of sitting on a cushion or chair or bench and not moving for a little while. So it... uh, then probably at some point the difficulty of having a body will become obvious. And so I say this just so we're not looking for the perfect posture where we'll be kind of floating from beginning to end. That might happen sometimes, but the reality of um, matter, you know, bones, tendon, tendons, and hormones, and I mean, there's so many things in there, you know, digestion and this and that. So, so partly what we do as we sit is we learn to uh, encounter discomfort. We learn to stabilize the mind when it's uh, not uh, with the presence of unpleasantness. It's not the only thing we do, but that I think that is, this is one of the things we do. And so, if I was to always think that there is an ultimate posture where I would feel nothing but, you know, ease, then I might be very fidgety all the time looking for that posture. If I know that it probably doesn't exist, then I can maybe meet reality and uh, find ways in the heart-mind to be stable, courageous, patient, uh, tender, uh, okay, you know, with uh, some level of discomfort. And uh, also, when we practice, whatever the posture is, we're not stuck in that posture. You know, it's not like from until the bell. So it's always possible to adjust, change the posture. Um, So it's that middle path, the dance between, um, you know, uh, meeting the um, discomfort and readjusting when the mind is starts to spiral down in this, you know, discouragement or irritation or fear, and so we're, it's totally okay to move. Um, some kind of basic things, and all our bodies have different shapes and forms and histories, and uh, and so they, they're kind of general rules, and you know, you'll you'll make the adjust us adjustment for yourself and the spirit is a bit of the spirit of uh, trial and error exploration you know and the kind of general rules would be that uh, that we're on a chair on a bench or on the cushion we want the kind of a triangle uh, that will give the basic stability here so here I have my knees and my uh, butt is that acceptable and so this provides a stability. If I was on the bench, there would maybe be uh, the bench like this, and again the knees like this, offering a stable posture. On the chair, probably like this, the feet uh, like that. That's so. That's the kind of basic thing we can check. If, uh, as we're sitting on the cushion, we have one leg up, we might want to take if there are some of these, or a blanket or something, and provide that stability here. Or if this knee is up, I might want to play and actually support this one, so this one can come down a bit. So I can play, and because there's a lot of sitting practice here this week, you might want to alternate uh, the cushion or the form that it takes, it's totally okay kind of a general rule when there's 97 people uh, in the uh, here is to not claim two spaces you know so you have one main place maybe it's here and sometimes you'll take a chair where there's nothing uh, on it 
If there's something on it, it's because it's claimed. That's that's how it seems to work. Um, There's something about the the back is important. So for me, if I sit uh, on the back of the back like this, so my knees will be up and there'll be a kind of a C shape here and it's going to be painful for me. So I want to take the pubic bone here and uh, like play with the thing here, whatever that would be called, you know. So I bring this down, my knees come down, I come on the first third of the cushion and suddenly there's a, a little arch in the lower bar- back, a little arc or arch, and uh, that is natural. And again, see what's, what it's like for your body. But And I don't want to force this, but this in this way they're stacked in a natural way, the vertebrae, and I can relax. Uh, hands, um, uh, hands can be, uh, they can uh, fall wherever wherever they, they fall naturally, you know. Uh, here, here, what feels right for your body. And uh, some people sometimes like to take a cushion or something and, and uh, put their hands like this. It works for them. Um, in the practice, we're going to end up opening the heart, I think, want it or not. <laughs> and so here we can uh, be aware of this. So there's a little arch here and here. I might, uh, if you want, you could uh, take your thumbs and uh, bring them like this, or bring your hands like this, and open a bit. What I'm, uh, what I like doing this because it gives me an impression. I don't want to keep it. It's just like an impression for the mind, and then I relax it. But the impression stays, might stay over time, and it might help me uh, find the right posture. We're uh, we're supported by gravity, huh? And so we can uh, really honor this, uh, acknowledge this, celebrate this, use this. So uh, the stability comes from here. There's something else in living beings, I think, in human beings, certainly. There's uh, another, another s- more subtle energy of something like this, you know, that we, when the mind quiets down, we might start to feel it. Sometimes when there's a calm in the mind, less agitation or contentment, when we are in contact with the kind of richness of the moment, there can be a certain kind of contentment, joy that comes and whoops, suddenly starts lifting. It's kind of joy, you know, and it realigns in, in its own way. But uh, you can uh, feel it or invite it, like this feeling, the connection with the sky. It might help the chin come in just slightly. So it liberates the, the neck here a little bit. You can think you're a unicorn. You know unicorn, they they don't do this, nor that. (laughs) Those that I have seen, they they have uh, something like like this here, space here. So that would be the general uh, things that I would have to say about this. Maybe on the chair. Um, Do you have any? So the way I sit on a chair is, uh, personally, is I like to be on the first third of, third of the chair like this. So I have the, the triangle like this, and look for the lower back opening here like this. And if I was to be on the, use the back, then I would probably put a little something to support here, but not, you know, because like this, for me, like I'm really close to this. And, you know, to, to <laughs> and so to stay awake, because in the practice we want a mixture of uh, relaxation, really important, and wakefulness. This, this particular mix of being awake to what's happening and relax. The posture uh, expresses this also.
Oh no, I was just going to grab the chair for you. Yeah. Oh, thanks. <laughs> That's good. No, 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 it's perfect. Anything you want to say? Hmm. No, you know, the only thing I'll, I'll add is um, when uh, Pascal mentioned uh, the hands, one of the things that I'd noticed again with, you know, as I was doing my walking or various things, the, the clenching or holding of the belly, the hands, I would do the same thing. At some point, I would notice that my hands were pretty close to being dug into my knees at some point, or when I would clasp my hands at some point, I would found they would be really, really tight. So it's sort of a constant being able to, to check to check that. It's a quick, very quick mental check just to, to make sure, you know, you're holding on for dear life. And there's just to be able to, to let go with each of those. And so that's been helpful for me. And the chair I alternate, you'll see me um, oftentimes probably early in the morning sitting in a chair or late. Um, the, the knee injury actually came from me just sitting on the cushion and believing that that's, you know, if I was a real yogi, like an actual yogi, I would be sitting on a cushion. I wouldn't be sitting in a chair. And so sitting through pain and think, you know, because I'm not noticing knee pain. Yeah, I can do this. I can do this. You know, that it's just, and I sat through it and I sat through it and I sat through it. And eventually, you know, now it's, even now it's hard to give up the, um, the identity of me sitting on a cushion because I'm so attached to, the, still, you know, I've worked, apparently I haven't worked through it. I've worked through quite a, quite a bit of it, um, but, you know, we get attached to those. So it's, it's, it's important that as you, if your body, at some point, yes, you, you, you notice and sensations are there and notice the pain there, but at some point it's skillful means to, to stand up and to move your body and to sit in a chair, and then you can come back to the cushion, but, um, you know, or reclining. If that's, if that's needed. And when I go to my room, I actually do lying down meditation with my arms up like this so that when I do actually fall asleep, the arm falls down and it wakes me up a little bit. And I do that to try all of those. So I, I, would, I would try them try them all out. So it's not, you know, the on the cushion, full lotus with malas and prayer flags flying above you. <laughs> it's, not, it's not necessary. <laughs> Thank you. Any questions about that posture? Yes. I was told at some point that uh, when you're seated in a chair, that the angle of the leg, the, the bend, um, and that you should put some uh, something under your feet if you if they're um, not at a, like a right angle. Yeah. Maybe is it a ninety degree angle or? Yeah. And because our bodies are all different in. Uh, length or whatever you know for some of us probably we'll need the you know either a flat cushion like this or a cushion like this one and for some of us we'll need to raise the chair maybe <laughs> you know thank you yeah so okay okay so walking you didn't get totally away from it <laughs> So walking meditation inside or outside. Enjoy. Thank you. <laughs>